again to Whispers in the Darkness, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And whispering for you today on this episode, we have myself, Nigel. And myself, Juliet. We've got a guest. We have. Another guest. And who is this person? Well, I've got an introduction here. I'm just going to run my way through it. Okay. Okay. He's an author, a journalist, a film critic and public speaker. He writes a monthly column for the Fortean Times. You can listen to him on Frightful, a podcast selling tales of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. An ordained reverend with a fascination for the macabre. He's just a bit sicker than your average vicar. He is. Yes, it's the sinister minister in person, Mr. Peter Laws. Hello. Hello, Hello. Peter. Hello. I love the. He's sicker than your average vicar, which is really saying something because there's some pretty sick vicars out there. It's impressive. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you That's so much for uh, agreeing to be a guest on our podcast. Um, mm. We wanted to speak to you for a little while, but it's been a case of trying to get things organised, and it has always, or hasn't always been that easy. But, uh, yeah, no, we've great. got us both here today, and we're both quite willing to have a chat with you to find out a little bit more about you. So tell us about you, Mr. Laws. Uh, well, uh, as, you, as you've heard, I'm, I suppose some of the weird things about me is that uh, uh, my interests sometimes confuse people. So the fact that I am ordained as a minister can can make people assume that therefore I would be not only not interested in things like horror films and ghosts and all that, but actively against them and would actually yeah. be trying to sort of campaign against people being interested in those things. But actually, I, I've... I've always been interested in spooky things and I've been interested in those things before I ever set foot in a church. I went, I started going to church in my early twenties and up until that point, I was actually very anti-Christian. Um, I, I used to, <laughs> I used to go into the RE teacher's room when she wasn't there and I would really? get all of the Bibles out and I would get a ballpoint pen and I would sort of circle Satan in all of the school Bibles <laughs> just to tick her off. Um, I remember one night I got really drunk with my friends in the park and tried to find where a local church was having a bible study house group and just turned up at this house group to say like hi can't you let me in and then went in and sort of gave them a hard time about their faith and and i deliberately written a note um a, a, a note suggesting that there was like a, a coven of witches that were going to attack the church and i tucked it down their sofa i don't know what the hell i was thinking right <laughs> but there was <laughs> There was something about uh, Christians that just wound me up because I felt right. that they were telling me I wasn't allowed to be interested in scary horror movies or ghosts mm-hmm. or whatever. But also they just wow. seemed to be completely irrelevant to me. And uh, the only Christians I could see on TV were like Harold Bishop from Neighbours or Dot Cotton from EastEnders, which were hardly like yeah. the role models I was aiming for. <laughs> well, you so, totally break the mold, don't you? Well, I, I, I guess so, um, but I suppose particularly because I, I'm quite happy to retain this interest in scary and, and sometimes quite horrible things alongside a spiritual side. 
and um, for some for some Christians that can be difficult like I've, I've been to interviews on Christian radio stations for example where I've yeah. discovered later that the presenter has been asking people to pray for protection because if I'm wow. coming in I'm probably bringing some sort of demonic influence Gosh, so, really? I've, so I've had that a little bit Lord. but on the whole it's, it's mostly okay I was going to ask you actually with that because um, when you know obviously being an ordained reverend um, how does that fit? How does your interest um, sort of fit in with the spiritual side, the religious side of it? How, how do they fit together? Because well, for me, as they you are... said, yeah, go on. Sorry, uh, for me, they're kind of inextricably linked in the sense that um, when I was growing up as a teenager, really interested in the paranormal and um, scary mm. things, but Christianity, like I've mentioned, didn't seem really relevant to that. Whereas horror films and the paranormal, to me, were were actively discussing the very same topics these yeah. religious people were claiming to represent. The afterlife, the possibility of eternity, the even the existence of objective good and evil. These are all big subjects that you often hear people who are interested in the paranormal and ghosts and stuff talking about. But when they talked about it, it was kind of more interesting. It was way more, way more interesting for someone in my town to say, hey, I think that West House just up the corner there, it's haunted. That to me was like an immediate expression of the type of things religious people talk about. Um, but the oh. religious people were saying, well, go to church. God's invisible, you know, and so just trust in him. But you might not see him or you might not get much evidence of it. And so... I guess my point is they were both saying they were both speaking the same language they were talking about the potential of something beyond death and that's really Absolutely. what was what I drew mean, when me it, when you talk about um you know when you uh, talking about religion and that side you know they talk about the father the son the holy ghost and they they talk about you know obviously we know about jesus rising mm -hmm. up after death and things like that so there there is that element of of you know if you like ghosts or, or you know life after death it's kind of in there isn't it it's yeah. mixed in with that that, that message you've got the message right. of him coming back to sort of save you well he's dead but he's come back so what does he come back at he's come back as a ghost yeah but then there's that other bit where they sort of say well you don't have ghosts you have you go to either up or down and there's no in between or is there an in between because well, does purgatory still exist in the, mm. the sort of christian well, yeah, for, I mean, for, cert for certain traditions they they do believe in purgatory not for me particularly um yeah. i think for me uh when it comes to these sorts of topics another thing that can actually frustrate people is that i can be i can be quite non-committal in the sense that i also think life is very mysterious and so even though i am you know i'd call myself a christian i still have room for doubt you know i still have room for not being sure but my feet point towards a certain direction and it's towards the direction of, I've always got a mustard seed of faith that there, there yeah. is something else. And mm. well, particularly Jesus said, you only need a mustard seed to move a mountain. So even just having that amount is significant. But I think for some people they think, oh, well, I've got to be all in. So I've got to fully believe this stuff, whether it's God or ghosts, or I've got to be fully against it. And then I'm a skeptic. Mm. But I think for a lot of us where we're kind of on the spectrum, you know, <laughs> we're like drift between those yeah. things. And I would say, even though I have room for doubt, I, I drift. I tend to always drift towards the, no, I, I think there's, I think there's something. 
I mean, there, there has to be. I mean, based on my personal experiences, because, you know, I can sense spirit, or at least I believe I can, can sense, sense spirit. Yeah. Um, there has to be something. I mean, you know, for me to get information and things like that, I have no idea where it comes from. I don't know how mm -hmm. it happens. I, I will never claim to know how it happens. Um, but I have had things that, yeah, just and you just think, where did that come from, and how did you know that? And that's the thing. You know, that's the it, thing. And how it all connects. There's got to be something in it. Something yet we don't yet understand. We don't have quite got a grasp which is what I was so interested in. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm. I mean, it's it, it's it's an unknown area, isn't it? Yeah. But I do yeah. believe. I believe. I strongly believe in the power of good. I believe in the power of evil. Mm -hmm. um, I work with angels when I when I do what I do because I do okay. believe in in angels and things like mm -hmm. that and and I think I don't think there's any I don't think it would make a dramatic difference um you know or should I say it could make a difference should I say uh, believing in the power of good because I think if enough people believe in the power of good and positivity I think that whole life force can sustain as well you know yeah. and, and 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 build up that energy um into that so I, I do believe there's a lot of energy a good energy and a bad energy and and manipulating that I think there might be some science behind that but we're just not at that point yet are no, we you've got to understand it, no. and I can't wait for the day where religion and science will mix and they will find a common ground because at the moment they're so far away aren't they well, I mean, I actually think the 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 idea that religion and science are at odds with one another is actually sometimes over exaggerated because um, in a sense, science is in, in many ways was kind of spearheaded by religious people because the the idea mm. behind particularly Christianity, but also other religions was, look, there is an order to the universe. There is some sort of system and therefore it's quantifiable. And so science makes sense because you can look at, you can try and work out, um, you know, certain things happen in cer this, this certain, uh, you know, everyone's born, lives and dies, or the, the uh, planets move in certain ways. And so therefore we're not living in complete chaos. And so we have the potential to log and understand mm -hmm. in a small amount. So science is, you know, trying to seek that knowledge of trying to work out the patterns. So. I don't think you have to kind of choose between science or religion. Um, I have loads of like science friends who are also religious or spiritual. Yeah. And I think this idea that you have to choose between the two is, um, well, again, it goes changing. back into that tribalism that we're talking about before that insistence. And this, this is a particularly interesting thing happening in our culture. Now it's like, make your decision, like which yes. group are you in? And, yes. um, and then so through true. things like social media or whatever, start to curate your contacts so that you retain the same types of people. And um, that leads to a kind of lack of empathy for others, I think. And um, so for me, I, I'm just really interested in the bundle of it all. And I'm quite happy to say I'm not fully sure. Um, uh, by the way, you know, even though I am ordained as a, as a church minister, like for the past, say, 10 years or something, because of the, the writing side of things that I did, that like took mm. off. I've been doing that really uh, for the last 10 years. So I, even though I do you know, speak at churches every now and then and, and do different things here and there, I'm not actively you know, responsible for a church at the moment, which I quite enjoy because it means I'm able to do all of this other kind of freaky weird stuff. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, I, I can still technically tick Reverend on forms and stuff like that. Well, it spreads, it spreads the word in a different way as well, doesn't it? Because you're accessing groups that maybe wouldn't think about that sort of thing, whereas people now, for instance, we're doing this podcast, so we'll be throwing it out to people that are interested in the paranormal and things like that, mm. people that maybe sort of be anti-religious or whatever, and they're looking at you and thinking, actually, you know what, he's a really clever chap, and Absolutely. he's saying some interesting things. So that then gives the people that chance then to open their minds a little bit more and think about you know what's going on so yeah, yeah I, I think it's good i think it's the fact that you've actually taken that on board and, and gone across both sides i think it's really really good yeah thank you and 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 um but what's interesting is like if i had met me when i was a teenager i would have had just pure suspicion because i'd be like you're only interested in this stuff because you want to convert me this is like a clever <laughs> sort of sh uh, wolf in sheep's clothing type thing you don't give a toss about my interests or my life you ultimately are just pretending to like horror films and scary paranormal things so that ultimately you will lead it to the conversation of you know well will you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior you know like it's sort of a hardcore evangelical um yeah. approach and so i do sometimes feel like that's a suspicion that i would have had about me so therefore there must be people out there who think really i'm just mm -hmm. out to kind of try and convert people but i'm just not uh i'm much more interested in trying to kind of this is going to sound very oprah winfrey about it but sort of like journey with people and go alongside as as fellow mystery busters you know to try and like understand what's yeah. going on and to try and break down the <clears throat> barriers between those groups because like i said earlier i think we're stronger when we we make connection with, with other people yeah Definitely. That's so very yeah, true. Definitely. So tell us about your Matt Hunter series of books that you've written, because I understand oh, yeah. that's crime fiction with a little bit of paranormal thrown in. Yeah, that's right. That was a kind of cool experience. Um, it was it was when I was working as a minister, actually, about, like say, about 10 or 11 years ago. I was in, in post as a, as a church minister. And I was walking with my wife one day, and I kind of saw a cow in a field, and it was quite inspiring. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. But it just made me kind of go, oh, that's an interesting cow. And um, it made me start thinking about a story idea, which ironically didn't involve a cow, but it <laughs> did involve, um, you know, like basically a character who used to be a church minister, but is now an atheist professor and spends his time debunking the Christian faith, um, but also has all of this knowledge. So he gets called in to help with cases that involve uh, weird religious maniacs. And I just thought, oh, that'd be kind of, that'd be something I'd read. So I decided to start writing a novel. And um, long story short, I mean, it took me a little while, a lot of frustration and tears in the kitchen, getting rejection letters mm -hmm. and stuff, going, oh, this is never going to happen for me. But then amazingly got a, a two-book deal. And then, yeah, then, and then since then, the first book came out in 2017, and, and now I've had about five, yeah, five, five books out since then which is really a, an amazing experience for so me. They're there, very good, I have to say. Is there a little oh, bit of you, you in there? Yeah. Is, is that all based on your personal experiences? Have you the, put those into the books? Yeah, people, people who read it often say they think they're reading it about me. Um, yeah. But in my head, I'm not picturing... I'm, you know, I am vain, don't get me wrong. I'm as vain as much as anyone else. You know, <laughs> you know, The world revolves around me. That's kind of the human condition, isn't it? We tend to yeah. think about ourselves a lot. But I, I don't think about myself that much that I'm literally writing a book, a fantasy world for me. I do think of him as a different person. And when I'm writing him, he's, he's, another, he's another man. But at the same time, he is, he is a side of me, I think. He's a, 
an expression of, of my doubtful side, an expression of my okay. cynical side. And I, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Uh, if you had sort of using to sort of put out any of your misgivings that you actually have as a sort of an exit to sort of then say, look, I wouldn't say this in church, but I can say it in my book, you know. Mm. I don't yeah. like this and I don't like that, so. Yes, in, in a way, but also, um, I mean, I would probably just say it anyway, but it's just yeah. to give balance. Like, what I don't like is, is as sadly, I've seen, say, atheists that have been just so dismissed by believers mm. or skeptics dismissed by believers as if, yeah. like, how could you possibly mm. not believe this stuff? It's so obvious. And to me, you know, atheism or skepticism is a perfectly reasonable approach uh, to the world. And so in that, those books, I, I wanted to kind of honor that worldview. And so Matt Hunter is a very clear skeptic. But then of course, weird things start happening and there's like weird kind of black rabbit demons and all this sort of jazz in the books that start occurring. But it always says, it always leaves you with a scooby-doo-esque yeah. like is it really the supernatural or is it, sorry maybe not scooby-doo because it was it was always natural then wasn't it more like the omen the film the omen i'm a really fan of from the 70s oh, yeah. Richard Donner yeah. film. film. and what i love about the omen mm. is that you can watch that film as a believer and say oh my word the antichrist is like killing people um chopping their heads off and all that jazz but you can also watch that film as a skeptic and say, wow, there's an example of people allowing their beliefs to run away with them and That's true, yeah. get just see a bunch of unfortunate accidents and put this narrative around them that maybe it's supernatural. So for me, I, I like working in that middle ground where you just don't know. So did other writers influence you? Uh, people like Stephen King and things like that? Did you read those kind of books when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, I was a huge fan of Stephen King growing up and I used mm. to uh, read Stephen King and, and H.P. Lovecraft, who's a great um, oh, author yeah. from the, the 20s and 30s. I used to read books mm. like that, um, but were deliberately, um, I'd, like as a kid, I'd sit up on the windowsill of my bedroom and switch all the lights off just so I could read them to the light of the streetlight outside because that was a bit more atmospheric and I'd be playing kind of spooky film soundtracks and I've retained that sort of sense of ambiance when I like when I watched the Blair Witch Project for the first time for example I made sure that all the lights in the house were off and that the back door was open so that just in case something could come in <laughs> while I was watching yeah. it but I, <laughs> just gave me a bit I of a thrill. enjoyed that movie I was amazed because it actually was really low budget wasn't it when it was produced yeah incredibly so yeah and it became like a bit of a phenomena although it wasn't the yeah. first found footage horror movie out there that people seem to think it was it True. wasn't but it was still the first the big one that made a difference it certainly took off didn't it so you've you've done your writing which is fantastic and you've also got the frighteners haven't you which is yes that was that really was an interesting book that was an incredible book to write I, I i was so pleased to get that in fact that the way the frighteners came about it's basically a, a non-fiction book called uh, the frighteners why we love monsters ghosts death and gore Though I think in America it's got a different subtitle, like a journey through our cultural fascination with the macabre. And um, that book was written, it started being written, to be honest, because I was, wasn't getting a book deal for fiction. So I thought, crap, this is never going to happen for me. So I came up with a nonfiction proposal and asked my agent to send that out as a backup. And then the fiction deal came through. And then a few months later, the nonfiction deal came through as well, which I was just totally amazed with. But it did mean that I had to write my second novel in the same year as I wrote The Frighteners. 
said Gosh. I wouldn't recommend writing a novel and a non-fiction book in one, in one year. No, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that was. Although it was a lot of amazingly fun work to write The Frighteners because that took me to Transylvania and to oh, Rome wow. and um, all across Britain interviewing people who were fascinated by the Macars. It was so, honestly, it was great fun. But it was also me having experience. It's kind of like a, even though you'll find it in the sort of popular psychology section probably of Waterstones, yeah. It's not an academic. Yeah, it's not an academic text. It's more like uh, Louis Theroux has weird experiences and pontificates on them. So it was me, you know, mm. um, you know, meeting um, like people who are obsessed with horror. Like at one point, the BBC um, blindfolded me and took me in a car into the middle of nowhere into this weird mansion wow. where there was this witch and a one-eyed butler, and they strapped me to electric chairs and. Um, threw spiders on me and did weird things like that or I went on a werewolf hunt in Hull with a historian to try and explore why we like monsters um, you know and and got chased by zombies through a nuclear bunker in Essex just loads of kind of crazy experiences (laughs) Um, but the point of the book was to ask why why does this matter to us because it you could say it's quite weird you know like the 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 people who listen to this um, Mm. they might find their their hearts skip a little beat when someone talks about oh did you know that the person in the house down the road died and they say something's going on in the house like really you would think that would be like well ah we should back off Mm. from that and yet there's something in the human psyche that says pay attention to this and for some of us it's particularly so we actually get excited by it we almost you could almost say we are comforted by this is one of the fascinating things that i found that for some people, horror films and ghost stories are comforting. They bring a sense of peace. When really, you would think, well, you know, me watching The Blair Witch Project, let's say, should unsettle me. And yet I return to some of the horror films I watched as a kid and they, they make me feel better. And it, so yeah. the book was to try and understand why, why that is. And, and the conclusion was to say that it is completely natural to be interested in these topics. And it would be absurd not to be interested in things like death and uh, well, well, when it's relevant to us all, isn't it? And well, yeah. suffering and the potential for something afterwards. So yeah, it was a fun book to write, a real privilege. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, I, I read it, um, bought oh, you a copy okay. for Christmas, didn't I as well? Yeah. So uh, it's oh. really, really cool. I, mean, I love the fact that you sort of cover so many different aspects yeah. of it as well. It's just a simple fact of like ghosts. Um, mm. the, the one that got me was the, the murder memorabilia stuff that people were oh, actually yes. buying. Yeah, that horrendous. was pretty intense. Yeah, I went to York um, to hold a lock of Charles Manson's hair in my hand because there was a dealer there selling it for 40, do- uh, 40 pounds a strand and people were having locks of serial killer's hair in, in, in kind of lockets around their, around their neck. And that was kind of, kind of a, a strange chapter to write. But again, it was, well, I mean, I won't, I won't go into why, but the book explains why even an interest in true crime and... Uh, even serial killers, there is a logic behind it. There's a sociological logic behind why we might want to explore these these things. But it, but on the surface, and this is, I suppose, the main point, on the surface, it just looks like there's something wrong with you, like you're a freak. There's people out there who will... There's an author called Lynn Hatcher who he, he talks about the spooky gene, and he says that some people have the spooky gene and some people don't. And the people with a spooky gene are sometimes baffled why, like, why wouldn't you be interested in this? Whereas others who don't have it can look at people like us and think, 
you're a freak. <laughs> you know, you're interested in very dark things. Like you have pictures, you know, you have, might have coffins on your um, socks or something or like that's weird. And um, for yeah. some people, I felt like, I guess the pastoral part of me, uh, sad for those who feel isolated and lonely and mm. that there's something wrong with them, particularly if they're from a religious community and they're told they're being demonic because of their interest in it. So the book was also trying to say, hey, it's okay. You know, you're not a freak. It's very normal to like this stuff. And if your friend doesn't like it, that's them. But don't don't feel bad that you like it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I've had experiences where I've spoken to very extreme religious people and they've actually got quite upset with me. Yeah. Can I just say, hang on a second, because yeah. you don't seem to be very loud on here, Jules. Can you hear Julia all right? Can you hear me okay? Um, yeah, I mean, bo both of your voices are definitely lower than mine. But um, Yeah. I don't know, your, mic where's your, your microphone is uh, here, quite far I think, away, I isn't it? To, yeah, I think I need to move it a bit closer. Maybe I should move a bit closer <coughs> and scare everybody. <laughs> I think you're all right. <laughs> you're sitting on my dress. That, there we go. Is that better? That's better, yeah. Yeah, oh great. You had it on the wrong way round. Had a bloody microphone on the stand the wrong way round. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Classic. <sighs> anyway. You can always, always re-record your questions. If, 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 if the earlier ones didn't feel right, you could always re-record yeah. your questions and just drop in my answers because I think I kind of gave fairly long answers rather yeah, than a I lot of give and take. Yeah, we'll have a look at it and see. So, um, honestly, I can't believe it. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm finding this really interesting. Oh, I could shoot myself, honestly. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> or <laughs> just ask me I've... stuff again, whatever you like. Yeah, I'll tell you what I found really interesting is, is, I mean, you have, well, people have, like, extreme religious people. They will look at people like us who do have an interest in death and the paranormal and the macabre, they they can look at us and think, I, I've been accused of fraternising with Satan. I've had people yeah. get very angry with me. I've had people tell me that I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and, and this is this is one thing um, we don't do, is we don't conjure or any that faffing about and Ouija yeah. boards. We don't touch anything because I don't agree with it to be honest, but right. even when I contact spirit, you know, and, and do it, you know, in, in a very kind way, in a very gentle way and, and, and do it to help. Um, I do have people getting very angry, telling me mm. that I'm messing with things I don't understand. And yeah. I mean, have you come across that kind of stuff? Oh yes. People? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I've been to like, sometimes I've spoken at paranormal conferences, for example, and had, yeah. And had messages from, Christian friends just saying like you be careful be careful mm. um, and even though that can I mean, that can sound really offensive it's also born of a kind of worldview that is saying you know that the, there's a spiritual war going on and um, you know mm. it's risky so I, I'm, I'm not that type of person I tend to be no like we're all kind of trying to work out what the hell's going Absolutely. on in life. so yeah, I want to join I with them it. but if you've been brought up with a sense of you know, the, the devil is waiting. Mm. And particularly, I mean, uh, you know, I did some writing recently on the satanic panic of the, the 80s and 90s. Oh, yes. And, you know, people yeah. feeling like heavy metal or uh, Dungeons and Dragons or horror films in particular were going to warp their children. There is this uh, 
this sense of kind of Satan is, is just waiting behind a, behind a, a bush to, to leap out and grab you. <laughs> and um, so Gosh. you can kind of understand, I suppose, why some people would not want that to happen. But my mm. point is, you know, maybe that's mm. not necessarily what's, what's happening. But um, you speak, mm. mentioned the Ouija board. I, I made a Ouija board in woodwork at school. <gasps> um, <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it's well easy. You know, like pe- oh, other people gosh, are kind of making. No, it was just a really easy thing. Cause like literally, you just got to. It's like cut off a bit of MDF or whatever. Cause I'm not into this sort of woodwork stuff. So I was like, what's the easiest thing to make? What am I interested in? So I just cut off this like rectangle, and then wrote on with pen. I didn't even like etch it or whatever they do. Wrote on the letters with pen and made a little kind of planchette, and um, yeah, took that home and. Yeah, me and my friends used to do the Ouija board quite a bit. And I, I did the Ouija board by myself loads um, when I was kind of 15, 16. Um, wow. I remember t- I, yeah. took, I did one on holiday once. <laughs> we went to Pontins and uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> and my, my I, think, I don't know, it was some like Elvis impersonator playing one night. And yeah. do you want to come and see him? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay in. And I stayed in. Going to meet him did, on the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I'll hang out with the real thing. Yeah, that's um, it. But uh, but yeah, that that Ouija board I made at at school, I actually I actually did end up taking it back in about a week or so later because some unpleasant things happened with it, uh, really? and which That's could be explained or not. I just don't know for certain. But mm. me and my friends using it and the some sort of like ancient spirit of a dead witch, who that could have been us subconsciously pushing it. I'm open to that. Yeah. But saying yeah. stuff like "You're all gonna die," you know, so, like. Bob's going to die first, then Peter's going to... And these sorts of things are... Actually, that's a bit of a bummer. Um, that's not getting me in the weekend mood. So I did take that the, the Ouija board back into woodwork and I, I put it through an industrial uh, saw. And then yeah. I remember seeing the one of the Christians in the class uh, see me drop it into the bin and just so like, uh, like good good feeling you've seen the light well yeah but of course i hadn't i mean i kept i kept being interested in all these in all these things but then when i did become a christian which shocked everybody no less not least me when i did become a christian at university i did i do remember i wrote a letter to my re teacher apologizing for how i treated her because there was just something about i i was this this happens in life but this happens with religion we have like psychological transference on other people so we we make yeah. assumptions of the other person so if we've had really crappy bosses or head teachers or teachers you know we can be in a scenario where the authority figure we just go oh well he's not going to like me or he's going to be too strict mm-hmm. or she's going to be horrible or whatever and we haven't even connected with the person we're just we're, we're we're placing previous bad people on top of those people and this happens with religion and, and Christianity. I realized what I'd done is I, I didn't I didn't know these people at all. I just placed my stereotype of what they what I thought they were. And 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 so I was nasty to the stereotype in my head rather than the real person. And I, felt I think bad we've about all that. been guilty of that at, at yeah. some point or another. Yeah. Exactly. You know, to be honest. Definitely. I know I yeah. I can put my hand up and, and say historically i've done that you know and 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 you know had a bad experience with the person then expected somebody else to come along and and behave the same way yeah you know i think we, yeah. yeah we're all guilty judge beforehand yeah yeah exactly. so did you have some kind of weird road of damascus moment then when you sort of suddenly mm. discovered religion or did you just sort of gradually come on well i met a girl in a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> <There we go. laughs> 
yeah so it wasn't really the road to damascus it was the road to the bar like i was going to the i was going to the bar to buy a pint of lager and i met this girl who were who was really fit and i was like wow like i wasn't really into commitment in those days i won't go into depth into that but i wasn't into commitment let's say that and um but i was like i i i'd be her boyfriend like <laughs> like she's so just perfect like my perfect like image of what a girl would be and um anyway i asked her out and uh and it turned out she was a christian and she said look this matters to me and I'd, i'm i'm not really into having just flings these days you know i'm getting a bit older and so i don't want to go out with you if you're really against this sort of thing and at the time i thought well that's a, that's a little bit weird but then i thought um well, maybe I'll go to the Christian Union then, and if I take a passing interest in this stuff, you know, maybe she'll like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also inside, I thought I had a few friends die um, when I was late teens, and oh. made you ask some questions, you know. And I thought, well, I'm feeling a little bit more open to these things, so I went along to the Christian Union, and I, I again, I just was very shocked to discover that when I met real people, not stereotypes. I was like, hang on a minute, these guys are like really intelligent, they're scientists, mm -hmm. they're like the, the tutors of the cult, but also they're a good laugh. Some of them weren't a good laugh and some of them were freakish, don't get me wrong, but some of them were like, these are normal people. And I put my stereotype to the side. And then in time, over that year, I just started to think, Craigie, maybe, maybe my antagonism towards Christianity was because there was something about this God thing that yeah that was may maybe pushing buttons with me so i i uh, one night i decided i'm gonna give it a go and sort of prayed a prayer as they say mm -hmm. walked out of a room and the sky looked different it was really bizarre it was like flashing blue and stuff <laughs> maybe maybe it was a drugs flashback from a few early early <laughs> years ago and i just my my life just just changed and i think the the only reason why, and i'm not saying christianity is better than anything else i'm just saying the reason why that resonated with me rather than just mm -hmm. a general spirituality was that it was more than just there's something after death it was more like oh there's an actual kind of companion like a personality you know the jesus bit like a, a, a friend who is with me and i thought you know i, I need that I, I want that yeah yeah and so yeah it became a christian and Everyone at home when I went back was like, I thought you were a devil worshipper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then, but it was still up and down since then. You know, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a, mm. a, a full on strong. I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm very open minded. In fact, I'd probably be classed as a dodgy Christian amongst some Christians because <laughs> of my open mindedness. But uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a truly amazing resource for me. Yeah. You've explored wow. sort of quite a lot with your podcasts as well, haven't you? Because you've got your creepy Cove Community Church as yeah. well that you do. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah got, we want to hear, tell us about the weirdness, yeah, come on. In, yeah, in, in, in lockdown, actually, my, my, my latest novel came out at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. It's about yeah. a, a novel about demonic possession. Fun stuff. And then... Um, but actually, once lockdown hit, I wasn't even the—I wasn't even in the mood to write or read. I, d I didn't read any books like for like six months. I just was reading Viz. Yeah. <laughs> like I just couldn't really? be bothered. Yeah, I was like reading really <laughs> short things, and I just couldn't be bothered to read even a book, novels or nonfiction. 
but so I started to get my creative juices flowing doing podcasting. I'd done podcasting before, but I got back into podcasting and I created this podcast, which is pretty wacky, which is mm. called Create, um, sorry, Creepy Cove Community Church. And it's been described as like Stephen King meets Songs of Praise. And it's a full church service, Brilliant. but it's broadcast from a mysterious fishing town where all horror movies actually happened. And so it's meant to be kind of a safe space for people who are interested in things like this to get encouragement. So there's a sermon, often from me, but sometimes from guest people. But the sermon is not preachy. It's literally about things like, you know, being encouraged in your mental health or, um, you know, having empathy for other people, just like normal stuff that people yeah. need. And I so need. So if certainly. anybody... If anybody wanted to have a listen to these, what is your website for this? Yeah, if they go to um, peterlaws.co.uk and they'll find links to, say, creepycove.com, which is where this church one is. And then also the the one that I've done, I started recently, which is the much more popular one, mm. <laughs> ironically, is um, the Scary True Stories one. That's called Frightful, and I'm doing that for an American yes. podcast company. And that is, that's been a lot of fun to do. That is, uh, yeah, basically people... Well, so me narrating with kind of full, full sound and, and music and effects, scary stories of the paranormal to true crime to, um, you know, creepy, Love bizarre it. cults. Um, and because that's been successful, I've now been asked to write and host another podcast called Hometown History Europe. And that's looking at Ooh. that's that's slightly less scary, <laughs> but that's doing the same sort of thing as Frightful, but exploring like interesting or remarkable stories of history in European towns and cities. And that's oh, been, yeah, like a new experience for me, but uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. And related to that, I'll just get this little plug in here. Related to that is there's a, there's a Patreon where people, if they want to get ad-free episodes of that, they can, but they also get like, you know, extras from me and uh, video extras and, and behind the scenes stuff and, and like free cups and all this sort of jazz but that's, it's, it's good but what i like about that sort of thing it, it does build up like a little community and, and a sort of connection with people so it's it's great i think that's quite nice yeah i mean the just sort of rolls on to the next thing talking about community is um i have to confess this is a horrible thing you have to say i picked you up from the uncanny podcast danny oh, of course. Robbins, yeah, yeah. and it immediately sort of attracts my interest because i suddenly thought well there's a there's a vicar sorry a reverend on here talking about yeah. interesting stuff and i was a i'm one of those sort of blinkered people that thinks the same like oh you know christians are they're not gonna yes exactly look outside the sides you know mm. and then i was listening to you and you're on the room 611 one and there's the stuff that you were saying yes. well, that's really interesting so then yeah. of course i went and looked for you yeah thinking has oh, he got really? a website or something like mm. that and then i found you and i'm thinking wow yeah really really interesting yeah but it's just the fact like you said about building communities the thing i love about those podcasts and the fact that you've involved with them is the fact that mm -hmm. it's built up this really weird community that goes around it and people that actually are in that community don't argue with each other. It's really There's this nice. real sort of well, yeah. understanding, real open-mindedness about it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is not to be underestimated. I think that is probably one of the key fuels that keeps that engine going is not so much the topic, although the topic, of course, is 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 the sort of the bread and butter of why we're fascinated by this but it those there's there's a hunt there's millions of groups that explore these topics but what these topics of these groups often do will be you know like a kind of they will rattle into their category at one point so it'll be like well get yourself into your believer category or your skeptic category and then yeah. once you do that 
you start to define yourself by what you're not. So you say, oh, well, we're not. Oh, have you seen what these stupid skeptics are saying about this? Or have you seen about these gullible spiritual types who say this? What's good about the uncanny community, I think, is that there's space for both um, yes. both voices yeah. to be heard. And that that's something not only that's to be encouraged, but it's also to be maintained. And I think Absolutely. any member of that community has a kind of, well, not a duty, because, <laughs> but it's just if they want that to continue, there has to be that giving space for mutual respect. And you kind of want to be yeah. careful that it doesn't drift in one direction yeah. or another. But yeah, people just want to be empathized with, you know, and like heard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, and it's a fun show to be part of. I can imagine. Yeah. So did he just sort of contact you out of the blue or? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I had dealings with Danny before, but um, yeah, I, I got a message um, from him and then it was good because, you know, I got to have a um, Zoom call with Ken and uh, some of the other witnesses and just find out a little bit more. And then I was on a later episode as well. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's one of those, it's one of those shows that just, it, it well, they call it zeitgeisty, don't they? But to mm, yeah. me, to me, what is interesting to a community or a society or a world is is interesting in of itself. It's kind of you take the pulse of what people are interested in. And people were saying really, well, like a few decades ago, that all of this sort of interest would would gradually die out. You know, as more yeah. and more answers come from science or technology, we wouldn't have a need to ask questions about spirituality or God or ghosts or demons or all this sort of stuff. And yet that persists, that keeps going yeah, exactly. on. And I think that, I think, that I just think will, will keep continue. going on. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it hasn't I gone. I mean, in fact, highlighting it with things like this as well brings it more sort of to people because a lot of things you see when people are commenting on, on the shows is like, well, I never realised that or I've had this experience and everybody's sort of opening up and saying stuff about it and it's mm. really interesting to see that there's so many people that have had... Yes those sort of experiences that want the answers to the questions yeah that's actually something when i was writing the frighteners and there's a chapter on um the supernatural and why people are drawn to that and i, I remember at the beginning of that naively thinking that people who were interested in the supernatural and kind of studying it and reading books and reading the 14 times and things the reason why they did that was just that they they had that spooky gene in them and that they were just fascinated by the topic. And then I interviewed a guy called Alan Murdy, who's the chairman of the Ghost Club. He's a really nice guy. Interviewed him and he said something which struck me. He said, oh, Peter, like a lot of the people who are interested in this are interested not because they had a previous fascination, but because something inexplicable happened in their life. And now they're trying to understand it. So that made me think oh yeah sometimes this topic just crashes into a normal world and makes mm -hmm. you go wait that doesn't make sense i want to understand it so it's not like everyone who's interested in the paranormal has done it through choice you know some have done it through force and are seeking to understand it right hang on a sec i need to plug my computer in <laughs> okay is that a uh, is that a euphemism for you need the toilet <laughs> No, it's a euphemism. I've got things upside down battery. <laughs> plug my computer in. I've got to be got a spare socket. Oh gosh, just unplug the nearest one. Um, you sure? Which one's your router? Yeah, yeah. Don't unplug the router. We will. <laughs> how I'll how just close keep an are we? Uh, how how close <laughs> just, are we to um, the battery running out? We're nearly there. We're nearly there. No, no, He's just plugging in. 
Now I was on about how close are you to the battery running out? Like how? Oh, it, it gave me a warning. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It will skip. The Mac is about to go to sleep, so we're going to wake it up. And make sure it doesn't. Okay. Do uh, mouth to mouth. There we go. <laughs> Honestly, we're so right. well organised, aren't we? Okay. Right, we're not going to die now. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Can we get Honestly. back? Yes, we're fine. Just right. Okay. okay. Where were we? So, what I was going to ask you is: yeah. so you've mentioned your podcast that you, mm-hmm. your new podcast that you're working on at the moment. Yeah. What else are you going to be working on in the future? You said this afternoon you're going to be doing some writing. So, yeah. tell us what's coming okay. up. I mean, today, like today, is uh, it's a hometown history Europe day, uh, and so I'm currently writing about like a massive riot in um, Constantinople in the fifth century, which is fun. Um, and then I'm going to be writing also for that for that show, exploring a weird dancing plague that happened in Strasbourg, where oh. um, where somebody started a woman started dancing, and uh, she couldn't stop, and then other people started to dance with her. And then by the end of the month, about, well, hundreds of people were dancing and, all, and some of them dancing themselves to death and could not wow. stop. Oh, and they were so and this exhausted. this is true. This, this actually yeah, this, happened. Yeah, this is really happening. Dancing plagues have happened, wow. um, you know, in, in history. And, and so, um, yeah, this, this, this show involves research, but also sometimes location stuff and then also yeah. uh, interviews. So I'm currently just kind of securing an interview with the author of, a, of one of the biggest books on that. So... It'd be good to get Ooh. his input because it's Excellent. so weird, isn't yeah. it? Like why why people would dance themselves? Yeah. Why would we do that? Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Whether it's some yeah. kind of psychosomatic yeah. thing or strange, isn't it? Very interesting. Yeah. What makes you decide which stories to actually do? Then do you just sort of have a look and find them, or you do travel? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the beauty. And... That that is the beauty of it. It's that you know because because I'm the lead writer on these things, you just write whatever you're interested in. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, like particularly for frightful, if anyone is listening to this, then they have some some cool, um, spooky, and preferably quite scary tales, get in touch with me, because I, I particularly want to cover things that other people haven't. Right. And um, so, yeah, I'm always always on the lookout for, for exploring those. But what's quite cool. nice about and... those shows is that it not only... the I can't resist, I don't know why, but I can't resist not only telling a scary story, but I kind of almost has a sort of like a Jerry Springer final thought... <laughs> You know, based on it, um, but also what is what else also funny about those shows is um, even though patrons get their episodes ad free, the main if you don't get it ad free, um, then obviously you've got ads in it, and uh, and so I also have to do the adverts for it, which is hilarious. So it means that I might be t- <laughs> so honestly, you know, like I might be telling like They're a really quite heinous serene as well. T- yeah, honestly, yeah, it is. I, I, I might be telling a story of like a hideous cult suicide you know and i'm like and the and the families went into the basement and and turned the guns on each other even the children and then the music will change and i'll be like are you getting your vitamins today well head down to walmart for 10 percent off brilliant with this code frightful whatever and um so i i find that stuff really hilarious but obviously it's quite off-putting 
for many <laughs> listeners, so, which is why they, you know, they join the Patreon instead. But uh, but yeah, yeah so join it, guys, because it is worth it. We, oh, we'll put links to everything that we've spoken about. We will put links to everything underneath, so yeah. you can actually go and grab hold. I will actually put them across the bottom of the screen and do the video as well. So you better see Thank all you. of those. So you can go yeah. along and look at Frightful, yeah, look at the Cove, join your Patreon, all the things that we need to do. And so. how would people get in touch with you? If they have a story or, or they want to talk to you about something, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, if you go to um, peterlaws.co.uk and there's a contact form on there, so you can contact Wonderful. me through that or, you know, follow me on, on Twitter is a good place and then um, send me a message through that. That would be fantastic. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from people. Okay. Fantastic. Brilliant. And yeah. there's a lot of stories yet to be told. There are some there fantastic is. ones. Yeah, mm. So watch this space, ladies and it gents. It is indeed, yes. Peter, we'd just like to say thank you so much for bearing with us. We've had a bit of a nightmare once again with our recording because <laughs> some idiot put the microphone on the wrong way around, then the computer went out of power, and the usual things. But um, hopefully you've really enjoyed uh, what we've had to say today. And oh, Peter, you've been a fabulous guest. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank oh, you well, so thank much. You. Thank you for amazing. all you're doing and for all the, kind of the, the positive vibes you're bringing to this uh, community. Thank you so much. There we go. Peter Laws. Take care. Take care. Thanks a lot, Peter. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Thanks for that. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to our podcasts. And we'd just like to uh, extend our thanks to the Reverend Peter Laws again for putting up with us. We did have a few technical issues and we thought it might be quite nice to include them so you can see that everything isn't perfect all the time when we try to do these things. We're changing the name of our podcast channel. We've decided to rebrand ourselves. The channel is now going to be called What's Out There rather than Whispers in the Darkness. We've taken this move to try and tie everything together with our group name so it's easier to find us when you're searching for our podcasts. So rest assured, nothing else is going to change. The content's going to stay exactly as it is. It's going to be the same mix of interviews, stories and all the other random things that we like to talk about in the wonderful world of the paranormal. So, What's Out There is our new podcast channel name, but basically, it's staying the same. It's just had a change of name, if that makes sense. Thank you all once again, and we'll see you all again in the next episode. Goodbye for now. <laughs>